starting a new sermon series in a couple of weeks. Um, but here at the beginning of the year, there's some things that are at the top of our mind. And I was actually talking with Tiana uh, about this a couple, uh, couple days ago. Um, just some, you know, as many of us see at the beginning of the year, a time for us to refresh and start things. So there's a picture I want to show you. Um, many of the time, many of the, excuse me, many of us at the beginning of the year, we start thinking stuff like this. New year, new you. This is not a sermon about that. <laughs> I can tell you that. <laughs> this is not a sermon about that at all. <laughs> uh, uh, but we do end up at the beginning of the year thinking like this. And it's not just us. The world around us begins to also tempt us to think this way too. So the title of the sermon is pretty obnoxious. Okay? The Bible doesn't care about the size of your waist. For some of us, that has brought great peace. <laughs> and for others, it's like, wait, what? The Bible doesn't care about the size of your waist. Uh, there are some valuable things in Scripture. But one of the things I think sometimes as believers is we, we want to take all good and all truth and find a way for Scripture to align with that good and that truth. And there's nothing wrong with recognizing and saying as mature believers, everything in the Bible is true and good, but not all good and truth is in there, right? And that's a weird thing that can make us feel tense at times, but it's okay. The Bible has nothing to say about BMI. <laughs> the Bible has nothing to say about about our, 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 uh, our waist size or our, what it shows on the scale. The Bible does speak to how we care for ourselves. That's important. We'll talk about that today. But there's some things I actually want us to actually step into some space of maturity about as it relates to this as a family. So we'll be in Galatians. That's kind of our primary area of scripture. But we're going to kind of play around in a couple of different areas of scripture beforehand. As I was saying, Scripture doesn't speak directly to the idea of weight loss or physical fitness. Not directly. There's some indirect passages, and we'll kind of talk about that. But it doesn't speak directly to it. Oftentimes when preachers or you get a commentary or you get a blog from a Christian that talks about uh, how you should care for our bodies and physical fitness, this scripture is the first one that we see. Don't you realize your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? You do not belong to yourself for God bought you with a high price. So you must honor God with your body. Like we hear that and that's absolute, like that scripture is solid. But if you were here last week or you heard the message last week, I talked about how context really matters. The scripture, the verse literally right in front of it, verse 18 says, run from sexual sin. No other sin so clearly affects the body as this one. For sexual immorality is a sin against your own body. 
if we continue, don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? You do not belong to yourself, for God bought you with a high price. You must honor God with your body. It has nothing to do with losing weight. Man, I knew for some of us, like, that was on my goal chart. I had that written in my journal as my motivator. I was going to read that every time I wanted a cookie. (laughs) I'm not telling you not to read that. I'm just saying, though, there is some value in us maturely as believers. And sometimes maturity means breaking up a little bit of our misconceptions and immaturities as it relates to uh, trying to attach scripture to everything. And that's a, that's a, again, it's a tense place, but we'll keep on going. You'll see what I'm talking about. There's some people who have gone all the way into Proverbs and would say this scripture as it relates to not eating too much. If you are a big eater, if you are a big eater, put a knife to your throat. That's dramatic. Right? Some of you, I didn't even know that was in there. There's a lot of interesting things in Proverbs. If you've never read Proverbs, I encourage you to, because there's some interesting things in there. All kind of name calling in Proverbs. <laughs> but if we read that in context, it says in Proverbs 23, verses 1 through 3, while dining with a ruler, pay attention to what is put before you. If you are a big eater, put a knife to your throat. Don't desire all the delicacies, for he might be trying to trick you. This has nothing to do with eating too much. It has more to do with making sure that you don't look sloppy in front of a ruler and also that you're able to pay attention so you don't get tricked into something, right? Context matters so much. If there were a passage of scripture that kind of grazed the idea of physical fitness. It would be 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 8. Physical training is good, but training is, excuse me, but training for godliness is much better, promising benefits in this life and in the life to come. If we were to look at that in context, don't waste your time arguing over godless ideas and old wives' tales. Instead, train yourself to be godly. Physical training is good, but training for godliness is much better. Promising benefits in this life and the life to come. This is a trustworthy saying, and everyone should accept it. If we were to really look at what's happening there, Paul is actually just saying to them, it's, it's, like, it's a saying. That, that's why it's actually in quotes. So we know how we have various sayings around here, like, you know, it's raining cats and dogs, or things that are cultural that we know when we say them, the person who I said them to will understand it. And it doesn't make it untrue, and it, it, but ultimately, it's just a popular saying at the time. Physical training is good, but training for godliness is much better. <laughs> it's not that we should not care. That is not what I'm saying at all. It's not even that I'm saying that caring for our souls is the only thing we're supposed to be 
concerned about. That's not true. One of the things that we've talked about here over and over again is that as believers, God cares about the condition of our soul, but we need a healthy mind and body and emotions to have a healthy soul. You can't have one without the other. It's not how it works. But keeping that in mind, let's keep that as a foundation. That doesn't mean that every single time I see something in scripture that can apply to my weight loss journey, that it does. And I have to, if I'm going to actually use scripture, I have to kind of use it in a mature way as it motivates me. I'm only saying this because this is that time of year where we start thinking about how I get my stuff together physically, how I get my stuff together. Well, I want us to do that, but I want us to do it maturely. So something to keep in mind, physical fitness is a moral concern for the globally wealthy. It's not a moral concern for everybody, right? A part of what we start doing as believers is saying you have to be physically fit because that honors God. And I'm not saying it doesn't, but I am saying that we can't heap that guilt upon each other because physical fitness is a moral concern for the globally wealthy. People who don't, in different parts of the world or even here, who don't have options as to what they eat, they don't read the back labels of what's on the back of their food. Amen. Not because they don't care, they don't have a choice. Amen. We read the back label because we have a choice. And it's important that we do so when we do have a choice because that's a part of, about being a good steward of what God's given us. But that is not how the Bible sees our physical fitness because the Bible was written to apply across socioeconomic standards, right? And so if you are an individual who doesn't have the option of choosing what you eat or choosing if you go to a, a physical trainer or choosing whether or not you get cool sculpting or not, If you believe or if you are being in some way guilted into believing that your waist size is a reflection of your spiritual maturity, well, then that's not on you. That's on us as the church for teaching incorrectly. God absolutely cares about our health, but it's not a moral concern and the way in which we oftentimes try to toss it around. And that's what I want to break up and move us into a space of maturity about. If we are to think about physical fitness or physical health from a scriptural standpoint, let's pause for a moment and think about health. Really, anytime the Bible speaks about health, it's in contrast to illness. It really isn't about cultivating one's health primarily because the world was completely different then. Right. Things that we're concerned about, they were not concerned about at all. Most of them were literally had physical labor as a part of their daily activity. Most of us, we sit down typing. <laughs> I have to worry about how many calories I put out because my fingers are not putting out enough. The people in Scripture do not have that as a concern. 
The people in Scripture did not do not have DoorDash readily available to bring them whatever they want to eat, even their groceries. I don't even have to burn calories grocery shopping anymore, fam. These are individuals who every single thing they put in their mouth, they worked for. And so that's not their concern. So there's no reason for the authors of Scripture to start talking about it that way. It's a concern for us because our society has shifted in such a way that it matters that we think about it. And so if there's any way for us to think about physical fitness and cultivating health, it's more so from biblical principles than it is particular scriptures. And that's good. That's okay for us to know. Biblical principles all day long speak to the idea of us caring for and cultivating health inside ourselves. This is, not a, this is not a sermon to say you don't have to care. I would never tell you that. It is a sermon to say, though, let us care in a mature way so that we also don't take needless guilt and shame with us there. Right? Galatians 5.19 says this. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and my favorite, self-control. It's my favorite one to hate. Because <laughs> I like cookies, fam. There is no law <laughs> against these things. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. And this is, the, this is really the crux of it. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. That says nothing about us having a strategy for how we care about our, our bodies. I get that. That doesn't even directly point to your bodies the way it does in Corinthians. I know that felt really good for us. Like, my body's a temple, and so I got to take care of my temple. Yep, you do. But really, it's that last verse. Since we are being led by the Spirit, let us be led by the Spirit in every part of our lives. That's the biblical principle, fam. It is opposite of the direction of the Spirit of God for us to not care about our health. But that doesn't mean that I get to apply every scripture that talks about my eating habits to my health. What is scripture saying? Live everything in every way that I live, be led by the Spirit in every part of my life. And the reason why I say that it is my that self-control is my favorite one to hate, <laughs> it's, it's because it is the one that actually produces so much real life applicable day in, day out fruit in our lives. 
Hebrews says that no one likes discipline when it's happening. Right? And the context of that is when God is disciplining us. But the greater idea and biblical principle there is that idea of self-control and self-discipline. None of us enjoy it. We don't do it because that feels good. We do it because they know that there's fruit on the other side of it that is good for me. And that idea of the Spirit of God cultivating inside of me self-control, that's what I'm trying to get to as a believer. That's what I want my life to look like. I want to be able to have a life that is, yes, full of joy and peace, but also self-control. A few months ago, I called that the crab apple of the, <laughs> right? Some of you were here for that sermon. That's the crab apple of the fruit of the spirit. It's the part that we don't particularly care for. Doesn't taste good to us. But if I were just to remind us what that is, crab apples are planted in a garden because they pollinate 10 times more than any other fruit bearing tree. So having self-control also gives room for other fruits to grow in my life. The lack thereof means I mature slower. The lack of self-control means that I am less healthy overall. I'm not about to give you advice about what to do with your body, but I am going to say this. As spiritually mature people, we have self-control in every area of our life. That's something I'm moving toward. That's something. And whether or not my pant size goes down as a result is not my primary concern. Self-control is. Excuse me. <laughs> Feel like I'm getting emotional. I'm not. <laughs> we gotta have self-control, y'all. <laughs> it is every part of myself needs to be touched by that fruit. Every part of myself. So, what is physical health? Um, physical health is a welcomed side effect of living in the spirit for us as believers. And I know the world around us wants to tell us otherwise, but it's okay for us to know that. It's a welcomed side effect of living in the spirit. I'm going to tell you now, I'm not gonna, like I said, I'm not gonna give you the strategies in your physical health, but if the Holy Spirit never tells you to care for your body through exercise, you're not listening. <laughs> I'm not telling you what to do. I am telling you that it matters. The pattern is that we can't just sit around with what God's given us and expect that it'd be okay. Yeah. Am I telling you to do half an hour a day because that's what the Surgeon General says? No. Because <laughs> that's between you and the Spirit of God. But I am saying, if the Spirit ain't talking to you at all about your physical fitness, trust me, you're not listening. If the Spirit isn't talking to you at all about what we eat and how we eat it, that's just us not listening. Am I telling you that you need to go on a Daniel fast at the beginning of every year? No. No. But am I saying that you need to care and perhaps pursue the guidance of the Holy Spirit 
as it relates to that? Yep. yep. This is that space. I'm telling you, I can say with confidence that as we lean into that, we go in, yes, with discipline, but let me also say on the other side, there's some of us who go back and forth, up and down from this plan to that plan, and I've got to lose, and I'm not losing fast enough, or I'm doing this, or I'm doing that, and ultimately, it's not that there's anything wrong with the intentionality, but I want you to be able to move into whatever you move into with the confidence and the removal of anxiety that this is nothing about your morality. You're not about to dishonor God if you don't lose that amount of weight that you've planned by spring. That's not how this works. But if we want to move into this maturely, fam, step in with saying, God, I want to honor you with my body. Everything that I do with my body, I want to honor you. So how do I honor you today with it? I've been thinking about this plan. I'm doing this thing right now because I have this, I was telling the Bible study crew, actually, pause, Bible study was really, really great Thursday. Um, so we have a Thursday night Bible study, and it, uh, we started Revelation, and whew, I really like Revelation. So anyway, we started Revelation, we've only gone through the first two chapters, Anybody is welcome to hop in at 6.30 on Thursdays. But I was telling them as we were wrapping up that every two, like every 18 months, I have this like cycle of I gain 20 pounds, and then I realize I need to lose them. And then I gain another, then 18 months go by, I gain them, and I realize I need to lose them. So I'm in that place right now where it's like I need to lose them. So we're doing this thing where it's like basically you're not having any dairy, no sugar, no carbs, basically paleo diet thing. I'm not telling anybody that you need to do that. I'm just saying, it's just something. And Holy Spirit, is this something that makes sense? Sure. Okay, let's do it. I want us to go into it without the anxiety that the world gives us related to it. Because whom the Son has set free is free indeed of all these things, right? It's okay. The Bible has nothing to say about my waist size, but it does say that I am to care in a spirit-led way about all that God has given me stewardship over. And so let us do so that way. The last thing, biblical principles can be healthy motivators. That's it, fam. Biblical principles. What are the principles of Scripture like? When you read through Proverbs and all that name calling in there of lazy people. <laughs> Sorry. I can say it because Proverbs says it. Listen, you, if you read through Proverbs, you'll never want to be lazy in your life because you'll feel like you just got all your whole life torn down. It's a biblical principle that we don't just not care. Gluttony is all through the in Proverbs 2. It's a biblical principle that I don't just eat just because it's there. Here's one of the challenges that I find for myself. 
When things are financially tight, I'm content. And when they get loose, I'm all about all the impossible whoppers I can handle in a week. That's just be real. I forget how to cook when finances are a little bit loose. <laughs> just being honest. Forget. <laughs> so I was like, maybe it should be tight so I can run <laughs> But that's also another space of saying self-control because the biblical principle of avoiding gluttony and having some sort of temperance, let that motivate me to live well, not to let that motivate me so that I can fit in whatever this influencer on social media is telling me I should look like so that I honor God with all of what he's given me, period. And let me tell, I can say with confidence that when that is our desire to honor God, period, it really doesn't matter what happens in terms of our waist size or our physical fitness level. I'm going to, I'm going to have the assurance that I'm living in a way that glorifies God. And the result of that is fruit on the outside that is also good. But if I've tried to start from the outside and work it in, I can still look good and still have all the anxiety. It's the beginning of the year. This is kind of stuff that we start thinking about. Next week, kind of be in the same place, but not talking about our physical self, but we will actually be talking about mental and emotional health. It's important. It's important that we... Think about these things. And I'm going to be, it's okay for us to say even going into it next week. The Bible does not have much to say explicitly about them. But there is value and biblical principles that speak to all of it. And I want us as mature believers to be able to step into that knowing I'm living according to Scripture. Not just whatever fad is around me that they attach to the Bible. Yeah? So let's pray. Father, thank you for these bodies you have given us. <laughs> God, I know that we live in a world that tempts us to see our bodies in ways that cause anxiety, cause shame, cause pride, cause arrogance, cause discomfort. And Lord, you gave us these bodies. And you've given us these bodies as a part of what it is to accomplish good work here. So Lord, may we honor you with them. Not legalistically, because there's some scripture that, they, that someone pointed to one day that said I needed to, but because all of what you communicate in scripture says that it is a part of what it is to be a part of your family, to care. Holy Spirit, guide us and lead us Give us a sense of humility as it relates to caring for ourselves. And may we care. Convict us when we don't. And guide us into a space where ultimately you are glorified. And so, Father, we surrender our bodies 
we surrender our bodies. Not just from a deep and Christianese standpoint, but God, our bodies, you know how they work. You know what we haven't even figured out yet about bodies because you made them. So we surrender. Guide us and direct us so that we honor you. It's in Jesus' name. Amen.